Hey guys, welcome back to the Year Podcast. Today we got Andy Hayford and, and Sam Streaker. And what do you guys do? So uh, I actually just moved to the Salt Lake area about a year ago. Uh, I'm working at one of the oil refineries on the north side of town. I grew up in Ohio, and before uh, we moved here, my wife and I, we were in just south of Houston, Texas. So that's how I got into the refining industry was down there in Texas. And okay. that's subsequently where I got into barbecuing as well. Yeah, I heard Texas is where the barbecue's at, huh? If you ask them, it certainly is. <laughs> um, I've, I've lived in Utah my entire life. Um, been here, but uh, I, I work for um, a higher education institute here in the state. So um, go Utes. But uh, <laughs> so um, I'm in the commercial real estate department for for uh, the University of Utah. So um, been doing that. Been in commercial real estate for five or six years now. So okay. Yeah. So how long you been barbecuing? Um, I've really got into barbecue and smoking probably the last, probably about the same time, about the last five or six years. Okay. Um, so have, have really just more just to entertain family and friends, but nothing, nothing crazy, no, no competition, stuff like that, but just, just love to do it. Okay. And then what are you guys both using? Um, I've got a couple, um, I've got a small, um, a small Traeger. Okay. And then um, I've got a master-built um, gravity-fed charcoal um, grill as well. So, so what does what does gravity-fed mean? The charcoal just sort of burns out and falls down. So, no, it, yeah. So it it has a hopper, and then <laughs> it it as it comes down, the lower ones get get heated up by the machine, and then fed into um, the the smoker. So the charcoal kind of just like it would pellets. Okay. Use charcoal instead. So. Okay. What do you got going on? So I've got a uh, stick burner. It's uh, Rock and W is the brand name. Uh, the guy actually, he's, they're based out of Texas, but the guy designed them while he was living in Alaska. So couldn't find anything kind of fit in the bill for what he wanted when he was living up. I think the story was he was, he was in Fairbanks area or something like that. So he came up with this uh, design that if you're familiar with Jambo pits, it's very similar to a Jambo design, uh, but about. Oh, a tenth of the price, quarter of the price. Okay. So, uh, yeah, so I actually bought that thing after we moved here, was looking around trying to find something, and uh, I guess not surprising anymore, but surprising to me at the time was how scarce stick, burn, stick burners were in Salt Lake. So what's what's the difference between, like, a pellet and a stick burner? What are you getting? What's the difference there? Um. Well, I've never cooked on a pellet grill or a pellet smoker, but uh, if you, you read the forums online, you'll you'll hear everything from uh, you don't get any smoke flavor, and if you're using a, a pellet grill, it's, you know, you may as well be cooking in an oven. I can't really speak to that. I do know that uh, I'm a little scared to, to buy a pellet smoker because I, I think from a convenience standpoint, I'll, I wouldn't go back. So, so how does the stick... The, so it's, how does it's, that work? It's all just logs, so no charcoal, no pellets, just split firewood. Okay. That, that's your fuel source. Is it offset? Like an it's offset? A, yeah. It's an offset okay. design, yep. Okay. So when you're splitting firewood, I mean, some wood's like poisonous, right? Like either you guys using wood, some of it, like you got to know what you're cutting. Yeah, so uh, I, I'm just buying mine. I'm not yeah. chopping it down here, but I use mostly oak. 
and then if I can get my hands on uh, some maple or any sort of fruit wood, apple, peach, cherry, that's all good stuff. I use mostly oak uh, when I was doing competitions and cooking with friends in Texas. Uh, a lot of folks were really big on the mesquite down there. Mm-hmm. Um, I I just never thought that there was a huge difference between it. And if anything, I thought the mesquite was almost too smoky, almost too too bitter of a smoke, in my opinion. Okay. So all of those woods, I mean, to a uh, like a wood craftsman, you guys are like the enemies taking all the uh, <laughs> <laughs> taking all the wood to burn it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I think the nice thing, I mean, from a pellet perspective, right? And I think I've heard the same arguments is is that you know you're cheating in a way, right? But you also like from a sustainability perspective, you the pellets are are, I mean, they're a lot more what's the best word they're a lot more efficient than than burning burning stick because you're you know they're they're compressed they're they've been dried so i mean it definitely is a convenient there's some convenience factor yeah. to it for sure <laughs> and i've never i've never done like a true offset smoker like that but um i think there is part of like the craft that goes with it too right so um that that's definitely Probably more more of the barbecue craft in an offset and traditional way, but I think Traeger's the way and, and any pellet smokers. I don't want to specifically just say Traeger, but I think that they've been kind of leading that way of of using wood as a fuel source versus anything else. And I, you know, I think it's. I mean, for me, it's been great to to just cook and and do whatever I want with it, and and you know, talk to people, make relationships, you know, yeah, people like this. So it, it's it's been fun that way. So with a pellet, like what? I know if you get, like, MDF wood, like, medium-density fiberboard, it's just, like, wood shavings compressed together with glue. What keeps that pellet together? Do do either of you guys know? Like, like I don't know how MDF is, but I know, like, with a Traeger, like, a a food-grade source wood, like, they're, like, it's hard-pressed, like, compressed that same way. They're not using a, um, any kind of binder or anything like that, but it's literally, like, they're taking you know, shavings and sawdust and compressing those and making those little, making those pellets. Okay. So there's no, no glue or anything. Oh, no. to it. Yeah. And then what, uh, what type of wood? Is it just like a mix of whatever they got or? They've got so many different kinds of pellets. I mean, like he was saying anywhere from traditional oak and, and hickory and, and maple or uh, mesquite to fruit woods and maple. So, I mean, you can go in and get, you can get the big blend bag at Costco. That's a blend of, I think, hickory and, um, cherry and i can't remember the other but there's a, but you can buy individual bags of cherry and apple and hickory and maple all just they, they sell them like that and then and you can buy traeger brand there's all kinds of different brands out there it's it's kind of you can get them at anywhere from home depot to to the grocery store now so it, yeah. it's kind of easy to to get a fuel source or get those pellets so when you're cooking with a traeger i mean that's you got that thing ties into an app which has got to be super nice, right? Like, what is that app actually telling you? Um, so they, mine actually doesn't. It might, I have a little bit older one, but the newer okay. ones, and I've seen it. I, I've, I've used it before. But um, the app tells you anywhere, like, if you've got probes for meat thermometers, you can tie into that. And then also the temperature, the current temperature. Um, it has built-in recipes. You can delay, you can start your trigger from your phone. Like if you had meat on there that you didn't want to start cooking for a few hours, you can just start it from your phone. You can delay time it. So it is crazy. And so, um, it's, it's very, 
it's very interesting that the, the blend of technology and cooking like that. So, so coming from Texas to Utah, the, the last barbecue episode I did, he was saying Utah actually has kind of a barbecue scene going on. What uh, what would be the difference between like a Texas style barbecue and a Utah style barbecue? Well, uh, <clears throat> I think right off the bat, I touched on a little bit was just the difference in the smokers. There's a uh, I think maybe a, a little bit of a regulatory uh, push to be having people doing the, the pellet smokers here versus the stick burners. But uh, what is it, Traeger or one of the big brands, is they're based around here? Traeger's based, is their headquarters is in, in Sugar House, so right okay. in the middle of Salt Lake. So. Oh, like right down the street right. then. Yeah, yeah that's crazy. Yep. So I think right off the bat, before you start talking about flavors or what kind of cuts you do, uh, just looking at the smoker itself, I mean, you're you're cooking with a different fuel source. It's it's pretty obvious straight from the get go, um, and then from a flavor profile standpoint, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that there aren't people experimenting in Texas because there certainly are. But uh, if you talk to some of the old timers, they're gonna tell you, you know, they do traditional. Texas style barbecue, which is basically just salt and pepper, and mm-hmm. that's about it. You know, may, maybe there's a little garlic salt or something in that flavor profile, okay. but they just salt and pepper, and you know, let it ride for however long it takes until it's falling apart. Man, that's that's crazy. I would have thought, uh, you know, for being known so well for barbecue, they would have had all sorts of fancy spices going on. Yeah, and I, like I said, there's definitely you know everyone's trying to find their niche, and it, you know. There's guys in Texas as well as there are in Utah and everywhere in between that are coming out with different rubs, different uh, sauces, glazes, and everything. And uh, yeah, there's there's definitely some some odd off the wall stuff you can find being made in Texas. But the the traditional, I think most people would say the traditional is just salt and pepper. Okay. And in Texas, you're I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, but I think Texas is. They're focused, they're beef heavy, right? Like your beef, yes. brisket heavy, beef ribs kind of versus like North Carolina's more more hog kind of yeah. barbecue. So, agree. Yeah, so, I would yeah. agree 100%. Beef yeah. is king. I, I, I kind of breezed over it, but I did some competitions while I was living down there. And uh, the scoring was definitely weighted towards the beef categories <laughs> for yeah. sure. Yeah, you could, you could win everything else, but if you couldn't play some brisket, you weren't winning anything. Yeah. So what's the most popular thing to do here, elk? <laughs> <laughs> I cook. I cook a lot of uh, both. Actually, I cook a lot of beef and pork. So I do a lot of okay. pulled pork and 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 ribs and and then brisket too. So I, I think to your point though, I think the play, the flavor profiles here are a lot different. People take a lot more liberty with mm-hmm. with what how they they flavor things. And I'm I'm more of the the salt and pepper low and slow let it fall apart and but i, I mean that that that's that's mine i think but that's i think preferred in, in a lot of places too so so when you're talking about rubs the last last barbecue uh episode i did he was saying that because i use the mccormick stuff when i'm cooking uh-huh. you know but he was saying that the stuff you get at cabela's or somewhere else i mean it's noticeably different is that do you guys prefer any type of rub over the other yeah so there's there's a a couple brands that i really like um and 
one of the ones that I really like, and it's very popular, is a brand called Cosmos. Okay. Where and do you get that at? So I order it online. Um, there's a Snyder's Meat Market, I think, in Cottonwood. Yep. And they they carry some Cosmos stuff. And the Barbecue Pit Stop, they carry some Cosmos products. But I, I usually just buy it offline. You can get pretty good deals off Amazon and straight off their website. Okay. And then, like, what's a good what's a good rub? If I'm cooking just cheap steak from Winco on my uh, on my little barbecue charcoal grill. I will say the best brisket I've ever had, I've ever made, was a brisket I got from Winco. So, yeah. So, <laughs> no, no quality. I don't think there's a big quality dip there. But as just, long as you as long as you cook that meat right away, like if you wait a couple days, it might start changing color on you. <laughs> but that just means there's no preservatives. Right. Well, man, the the meat at Winco is hands down cheaper than anywhere else. Like I've never seen meat cheaper than Winco. Sorry to derail your your rib or your rub question, but yeah. No. So are are you talking about like a a ribeye New York strip type steak or what is the cheap stuff I get? I get like uh, I don't know. We cooked some carne asada last okay. night. Um, I don't know the bottom round. I guess okay. Yeah. Uh, so if I'm cooking a steak at the house and I'm not putting it on the smoker, I'm just throwing it on, uh, the grill. What? Oh man. It's, uh, it's not McCormick. It's actually a Weber brand, uh, Chicago seasoning that I like to use on my steaks. Okay. What do you, you salt and pepper guy, right? I'm a salt and pepper guy on brisket. Like I don't put anything else on a brisket. I don't put any binder. It's pretty heavy salt and pepper. Um, but if I'm doing a steak, I love um it's the greek um all-purpose seasoning it comes like in a little yellow bottle okay and it's pretty basic like if you look at the ingredients salt and pepper some onion some some garlic um but i'm pretty basic there too i would rather have a good (laughs) cut of steak and cook it right and not put too much stuff on it too i think you know, people want to put. Bar- I think I'm a big barbecue sauce and flavoring guy on like pork and pulled pork or something. But uh-huh. on a steak, I'm I'm pretty basic too. So, um, but as far as rubs go for me, if I'm doing maybe something, I, I do a lot of meat church rubs. Okay. So they do. They have a whole line of different kind of rubs. But meat where do you church, get that at? A barbecue pit stop. Um, I, I've seen it at Ace Hardware in their section because they've got kind of a traeger section okay there so there's there's lots of places but the meat shirt is is where most of the rubs i have so is it super noticeable like it depends on what you're cooking i think oh i would say yes but um i don't know i i i don't i haven't really compared to mccormick or or you know that kind of stuff so yeah i'll some of the some of the best advice that i ever got uh when I started getting into smoking is I was really big into, I'm going to make my own rub. I'm going to make my own sauce, everything I was going to do myself. I wasn't going to go buy a ready-made rub or sauce, you know, at the store or order it online. And, uh, some guys that have cooked way more than I have and got a lot more experience and grew up around it. They're like, man, you just need to go find something you like and then you can tweak it from there. You can add, if you think it needs something, you can go add a little bit of this or a little bit of that. But if you start with a base that you know you like, then you're 95% of the way there every time 
you know, yeah. towards your consistency and getting the flavor the same way every time. Well, even making your rub, like if you've got sage and paprika and pepper and all these different weighted, textured ingredients, it's probably pretty hard to keep that consistent if you're making it on a large scale, huh? Yeah, and, you know, uh, I'm not the most organized guy, so... Usually it's, oh, I'm going to cook this tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> Let me open up the spice cabinet and see what I got. I want to, I know I want to put this and I want to put this and I want to put this in there. And then you start making it up and it's like, well, shoot, I don't have, I don't have near as much, you know, salt or paprika or, you know, garlic as I thought I did. So I guess, I guess I'm not going to use as much this time or I'm, <laughs> I'm going to supplement it with this or I'm going to do that with it. And next thing you know, you got something completely different. So when you're actually smoking something, how do you keep it moist? Look, I, I'm not a barbecue guy. I throw it on the grill and, you know, cook it until the, I can eat it. Mm-hmm. Call it good. <laughs> I, I think it really just depends on what you're cooking. You know, if you're cooking a brisket, uh, if you're cooking a pork butt, I've, I personally haven't had too much trouble keeping moisture in those, but you start talking chicken, turkey, uh, that's a completely different story, and it can go south real quick. I agree, and I think I think the meat actually, you know, as a, the smoke, that's the whole point, right? It's going to keep – it keeps a lot of that moisture in when you're low and slow and you get that smoke that's keeping that, that exterior, creating that bark on the outside. It's keeping that moisture in. Okay. And so – Sometimes I've cheated a little bit to create some, some moisture in there on a brisket, put a little pan of water in there to, to create some, some humidity and moisture. But I don't, I don't do a lot of basting or injecting on anything really. I think, you, you know, everybody's different though too. Like on my pork, I'll, I'll spray it down with some Dr. Pepper or some apple juice or okay. something. To, to, but that creates more of a thicker kind of crunchier bark on the outside. But um, I think is, you know, just the low and slow kind of can keeps that moisture inside and um that's kind of the the great thing with smoking in low and slow yeah and you know you mentioned injections i speaking of telling on yourself i gotta tell on myself i don't <laughs> i don't throw anything on the smoker unless i've stuck a needle in it first, okay. you know? i just okay. got me an injector and the butter is going in everything yeah if it's bigger than a chicken wing man i'm <laughs> i'm putting an injection of some sort in there okay so what do you do with your injection though i mean are you because man i get I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm melting butter with curry or garlic salt or some yes. crazy concoction. Um, so just just like rubs, just like barbecue sauces, you can buy injections. So, uh, man, oh, you can buy pre and I got you. So yeah. just like a liquid. Yeah. So uh, from a poultry standpoint, turkeys like for Thanksgiving, Tony Satchery's they make a Cajun butter injection. And that's, I really like using that. Um, and then there's also c- folks out there that make a powder and you add, th- they'll say water, but you can add beef broth, beef stock, chicken stock yeah. to as your liquid and you stir it up and there's your injection. Okay. I'll clarify. I completely agree when it comes to chicken or turkey, poultry, something like that. I'm injecting or I'm brining or I'm doing something like that beforehand because I think poultry is going to be a little bit different, but when I, but beef or pork, I'm pretty pretty basic when it comes to that so but. so thanksgiving you guys kicking your wife out of the kitchen she's making the sides you guys are dealing <laughs> with the meat how's that work uh yeah i think pretty much every <laughs> year we've been together i'm i'm uh cooking turkey or something 
but it, it's I'm usually cooking it outside. Yeah. Okay. So this last Thanksgiving, I did a, a turkey, and then uh, I tried something new. I did a ham on the smoker. I've never done that before. And I, man, I looked all over trying to find a, a raw ham that wasn't pre-cooked and cured and everything. And uh, I didn't realize how hard that was until I started looking. <laughs> so yeah, I ended up buying a, a pre-cooked honey-baked ham, and I was like, well, I'll, I'll throw it on the smoker and see how it turns out. And it took on a, took on a lot more smoke flavor than I was anticipating. It it was really good. Nice. Um, we for Thanksgiving, uh, my girlfriend and I and her family, we had a her and I had a barbecue or a, a turkey cook-off for Thanksgiving, and then we okay. had people test okay. their, see what they liked best on Thanksgiving. I will have to tell myself, I lost. <laughs> <laughs> My girlfriend, she did she did a bacon-wrapped turkey. Like, Oh, man. That's cheating. It's, <laughs> right. So it was fantastic. So that one, I mean, but um, I, you know, I think that's a nice thing with, with smokers, right? Like... You know, you can be outside and doing your thing and stuff, can, you know, cooking going, still going on in the house. You've got still an oven to use and a stove to use. And you've got a uh, a grill or a barbecue out back. So, um, but that's that's normally what it's been for me. I think, I don't know, I I frankly love to cook in general. It doesn't have to be barbecue. Yeah. And so I think for me, it's, it's you know, not to, to get too, too savvy, but it's a, it's a show of love and affection for people that I, I care for. And I think that... Um, that, that's kind of my, if, you know, if, if barbecue was our food, cooking was a, a love language, that would be my love language for sure. So, <laughs> um, but, uh, I think, you know, we, we love, we love to cook at our house. So it's, it's great. So what's the, uh, biggest barbecue holiday you guys do? Fourth of July, Memorial Day. You got a big event every year you look forward to? I, no, I don't. I've. Anymore, I feel like if I, I just need a reason, or sometimes I'll make up a reason to to fire up the pit and get cooking on it. Um, yeah, I've I've actually since I moved here, I've flown down to Texas a couple times before COVID hit, and to go back and cook with the team that I used to cook with down there. Uh, I've flown home and back to Ohio and done cook-offs for my like my dad had a birthday. We did a cook-off for him. Um, outside of that, man, it. You know, we moved here a year and a half, not even a year and a half ago. So we didn't have much time before this whole COVID thing kicked off. So yeah, haven't done much cooking here in Utah yet, uh, but definitely looking forward to to getting back to normal and having some people over to the house. Are you planning on doing a team here? What it, what exactly does like a barbecue team consist of? <clears throat> um, so I. I would imagine that there's all sorts of competitions out there. I, I can speak to my experience with it is uh, I got into smoking when I was in Texas. Uh, I had some friends who did it. They were on a volunteer fire department for one of the refineries down there. They had a cook-off team. So that's just something they did as part of the cook-off team for the fire department is that they would hit a couple local competitions in the area. Uh, some of them were charity events. Some was, uh, sponsored by like the county, like the county fair was always a really big cook-off that they had down there. And, uh, I worked at the refinery next door to that one. The two plants merged and 
therefore the fire departments merged so i hopped on with their cook-off team and that's where i really kind of got bit pretty hard and really started to to pay attention to what i was doing and looking to try to improve so initially i was just looking to get on the team figured i'd hang out for the weekend drink their beer (laughs) do some dishes for them uh help serve some food and then next thing you know uh hey uh we need somebody to cook this or you want to do that and just started taking on a little bit more and more until i was cooking everything uh or at least in in every competition so uh those competitions we had down there uh the big things were uh chicken or not the big things the only things were uh chickens uh pork butt pork ribs and then brisket okay and like i mentioned earlier there'd be different points for different categories and uh brisket was always at the top so you go the way these were set up is it's not a not a competition like you see on tv with myron mixon and the kcbs where they've got you know a box that's full of lettuce and all sorts of greens and parsley and everything and it's looking really pretty this competition or the competition circuit that we were in it was hey you you had a box and you you turned it in but there was no garnish allowed in with your meat okay so they looked at instead of looking at presentation they looked at appearance as one of the categories so if you looked at it you open that box and you look at you know what you're turned in does it look like something that you want to eat does it look appetizing but not necessarily hey it looks pretty you you made you know a perfect you know jenga tower out of your pork ribs inside of your box it's yeah that looks good i want to eat it let me let me try some of it and then they would they would judge us on aroma and then and then also taste so the some of the competitions we did there would be 200 uh one of the last ones I did, I think they they were pushing 300 entries per category. So they would do two cuts. You'd have your initial turn in. Everybody was in. Uh, they'd bring everybody back. They would be calling out numbers based off of who they thought were the top 10%. And then those 10% after they finished their, their uh, first call, you'd get a half hour to go make a second box and turn it in for the finals. A half hour? Yeah, so... Usually, if if we were cooking brisket, uh, if I was cooking brisket, I was cooking two briskets. So I had one that I was going to turn in for my first box, and then I had a second one in case I made finals. I it was ready to go, and I would slice it up and turn in that box. And that because from the time you turn in your first box to the judging, it's a couple hours. So three hundred three hundred entries, man. That sounds great. Like I would imagine it would all start just looking like meat by the end of that yeah i've i've never been in the judge's seat so i don't really know what they go through but i'd imagine they've they've probably had a lot of good and a lot of bad barbecues in there <laughs> so with your when you turned in it was sliced right it wasn't yes. the whole okay. okay so if you guys what is your favorite thing to barbecue like do you have any oddball like elk or duck or i've never done anything crazy outside of the normal chicken turkey pork or beef i've never done any wild game or anything like that so um i'm not an expert when it comes to that stuff but i love i love doing ribs i could do yeah. ribs, ribs all day so 
Where where do you go about getting like you were mentioning that meat house? Where do you go when you're looking for real good meat? I'm I'm a big fan of Costco. Yeah. Um, you can go to Snyder's though too. Uh, Snyder's has got um, at least locally they've they've got like I'll go there if I want tri tip. They've got great tri tip. Um, you can get really good meat there. Um, but most of the time my my ribs are the 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 three pack ribs you get at Costco and and you know that's that's where I go and and I think the quality's good and I think it you know you they're probably above average in in at least when it comes to to beef they're you know above average in what you get as far as grade goes but um and you pay for it but I mean that's where I'm going most of the time is Costco to get to get meat so and it's good to local forums too though like they'll shout out they'll let people know on the, like the Facebook group and stuff, they'll uh-huh. they'll people know when someone's got a sale on on brisket or or whatever. That's so try so to that hit goes those. quick. That goes quick, <laughs> yeah. And so, um, but getting getting there, getting those deals too. So I try to chase deals a little bit too. So you guys got that like on the phone? Those Facebook notifications are coming in for that, huh? I don't know if I got the notifications, but I'll definitely <laughs> I'll definitely look. And if, yeah. if it's something I'm going to be cooking or, or want to cook upcoming, and and um, I'll go grab it. Yeah, I mean if I can get brisket cheap or or some pork pork shoulder cheap, then I'll I'll go do that for sure. Yeah, uh, I I try to use Snyder's as much as I can. I think there's a lot to be said for just having a good cut of meat, whether you're doing pork or beef. Um, I think that's that's the one thing you can be you can be a pretty good cook and if you got a crappy piece of meat it it's not going to be that great and you can be a bad cook and if you got a really good cut of meat as long as you don't burn it it's going to be pretty <laughs> darn good. Yep. Um so yeah, I'm I'm definitely willing to pay a little bit more to especially when it comes to brisket to get a good a nice brisket. Um <clears throat> so yeah, I use Snyder's a lot. I've I've been really happy with what I've gotten there. Um, I've been trying to, oh, about every month I'll, I'll float the idea of getting a Costco membership to my wife and she's (laughs) like, it's just the two of us. What do we need to shop at Costco for? But, uh, man, I've, I've been in, I've been inside of them before and it's just like rows and rows and rows of prime and, you know, better grade beef. And it's like, man, I, I could spend 20 minutes in here just looking at briskets. (laughs) Um, yeah, and you know, on my way home before I came here tonight, I actually swung by Macy's because talking about Facebook groups, somebody was—I think somebody asked where they were getting their brisket from, and yeah. I saw someone had a Snake River Farms brisket with a Macy's tag on it, and I'm like, damn, I didn't know they sold Wagyu briskets uh-huh. at Macy's. Yeah. Um, so, I, yeah, I swung by on my way home, but uh, unfortunately, it's the one on 13th that's going out of business, and. When they said they're going out of business, they meant they're it, man. The, the, oh, man. The, the shelves are almost <laughs> empty. You guys ever go to the Harmons? Like, I know they got all the cheese and... So I, I get a lot of steaks. I, I usually buy my steaks from Harmons unless I am happen to be by Snyder's. Um, I think I've been a little bit happier with the, the steaks I've gotten at Snyder's, but uh, Harmons is just more convenient, and they got some good stuff in there. So, yeah, I've, I... I would say I probably buy most of my meat at Harmon's, not necessarily for barbecue, but just for day-to-day stuff. Um, but, yeah, uh, I'm kind of new to the area, too, so 
that's just what I've used so far. I'm sure there's some some secret spots out there I don't know about. I thought Harmon's was a furniture store the first four years <laughs> I lived here. So. <laughs> it was amazing the first time I went in there. Yeah, they've got they've got good stuff too. Um, and I think, I mean, there's some places I, you know, you just have to look for cuts, right, and what what you're getting. But um, I think Harmon's is good. They're they're a little more service focused too. They're not trying to do volume and so. Um, but I'm not a huge fan of getting my, my meat from Walmart, but, um, <laughs> but uh, Harmon's is good. I think there's, I would like to see, and I don't know, I was going to ask you this, like in Texas, is there a lot more butchers? Like, are they doing their lot, a lot more shops like that? Cause I don't feel like we have a lot of like real butchers that you can go and you can say, Hey, I want this cut or, you know, you can go to the grocery store, but they're going to cut what they have. But yeah, I would where I was at it, there was definitely some more, definitely a lot more selection as far as just local mom and pop type butcher shops. And, you know, there is just some that, you know, it's, it's just a butcher shop and they don't, they're not selling, you know, high grade, you know, prime and Wagyu type beef, but they, that's just what their family has done. And that's what they continue to do. And then there's uh there's some other meat markets there, other butcher shops that, you know, you might walk in and they've got, snake river farms and 44 farms and you know bar whatever ranch and you know they've got three four five different wagyu you know spots that they're sourcing beef from and you can go get a ribeye from you know all four if you wanted to on any given day and they'll bring in some exotic stuff from time to time you know you get something like an alligator or uh Ostrich you barbecued alligator? I have. I've never cooked alligator myself. I've had it several times, but I've I've never cooked it myself. Okay. Same. Yeah. I've never I've never cooked it myself, but I've had it. Yeah. Like I've gone to Florida or something. Like yeah. I've had it down there. Yeah, I lived in Florida for a year. I didn't have it. I'm I'm a little nervous to throw a gator on my pit. I'd be scared if uh, you know everything else after that started to taste like gator. Or something. <laughs> it's real fishy, right? That's what I've heard. Has it got like a strong fish flavor to it, or the gator I had didn't? But I yeah, I think it, it just depends. Like most things, it, you know, where what cut of the gator it came off of, and how it got cooked, and how it was, you know, prepped, and was it kept cold? Was it sitting out in the sun? Yeah, you can say that for a lot of things, though. But yeah, <laughs> no, I think it, you can definitely have some good gator that I think most people wouldn't would never guess in a million years that it came out of the water let alone was an alligator yeah i gotta try it one day <laughs> yeah the uh so like i know in canada you can buy wild like if somebody shoots a moose or whatever you know you can actually buy the meat from a hunter is that something like you guys wish they might be a little less strict on here in america where i mean because you i mean you get a you get an elk you know, and it's a huge animal. Um, a lot of people don't eat all that meat. It seems like kind of a waste. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> I I mean, I think, I mean, I I don't want to, this isn't my area of expertise, but I hope that people are are harvesting responsibly too, right? Like they're, 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 yeah. kill, you know, so the people that I know are, 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 killing responsibly and are using that and are giving it to people that they know. Um, I know, I don't know if it's here. I know like, and this is just because I've watched it on TV, but I know like in Alaska, 
like when you watch the state trooper show they have on Alaska, like if there's a moose or something that's hit, would take it a lot. They they donate that and they source it to homeless shelters and places like that, which I think is super responsible to try to do. But um, I, I don't have a problem with it, though, to answer your question. Like, I think if people want to do it, I think that there's some potential health and safety concerns. But I think, you know, um, go for it. Like, if, if you want to, to do that, and I'm sure, you know, people do it on the down low anyways. But, yeah. Um, you know, if, if, if people want that, then, then why not? I mean, I, I think that there's a, there's a market for it for sure. Well, it would so. be cool if that Snyder's place you guys are talking about, like if they could get some wild game in there, right? Like, I think they do. They get do some they? wild game, but they're they're sourcing it from people that they know, just like they would any other butcher or any other farm. They would they're they're getting it from people that that they know. So, yeah, you know, and I I'm a little hesitant. I'm I'm a hunter myself, so I'm a a little hesitant to go and buy something from somebody else if I didn't know who it was and. If it came from somebody I knew, odds are they're not going to ask me to pay for it. They're just going to, you know, give, yeah, me, right. give me a pound of ground bison or, you know, some elk steaks or whatever. So I'm I'm a little, I would say I, I'd be a little hesitant to just open it up on the free market for, I, I, think, <laughs> I think it could be a slippery slope too. If the market's too good, you might have people that are, you know, going, trying to do it commercially instead of, oh, I filled my elk tag and... Yeah, you know what? I can go snag this other elk because sure. I just made five hundred dollars on the right. last one. You know, that's a good point. <laughs> so, I, I mean, <clears throat> yeah, as long as there's not a black market, you know, where it's it's getting crazy. Yeah, sure, I'd be all for it. Um, I don't know that uh, we have the resources to manage it and uh, correctly or govern <laughs> it correctly. Very, yeah, good point. But. Would it be cool to be able to go to the grocery store and go buy, you know, some some whitetail back straps or some elk back straps or something? Yeah, man, that'd be awesome. I just uh, as long as we could do it responsibly. It's yeah. weird how you go to the grocery store and there's like three animals you can buy. Yeah, yeah. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like it'd be nice to have a little bit. Even lamb is kind of hard to find nowadays. You can get lamb. Actually, again, I'm gonna plug Costco here again really quick, but you can get. You can get full. You can get a full lamb at Costco. It's wrapped. It's really? In, it's it's hanging hanging from a rack. Like you can get beef. I mean, you can get beef ribs, which you can't find a lot of places. You can get a lot of you know lamb chops there. Like you can get. So again, I'll, I'll plug the the big old Costco off of Third uh, <laughs> West and and like 18th South. I mean, it's I think it's the biggest one in the country, and they have go there. Like if you want some meat, you want to spend time just staring at meat. <laughs> go go to Costco. Now, do you so, barbecue the lamb? I've not done. Lamb. I've never done lamb. Yeah. Um, on a trigger, I've, I love lamb. I'll get it wherever I can see it. Like I'll I'll get it, but I've never I've actually never done it myself. So. Even those Arby's gy- or euros <laughs> are. Uh, I mean, they're delicious, man. <laughs> I love lamb. Have you? Speaking of bison, though, have you been up to Maddox up in Brigham City? I don't know if you have. I have not. So it's about, Brigham City's probably an hour and 15 minutes from here. And there's a big old steakhouse up there called Maddox. And they serve the best bison steak I've ever had. So if you're, if you're, you and your wife want to go out, it's not ultra, it's not ultra extensive. It's it's probably, it's a, you know, it's a regular going out to dinner, but great bison steak. Okay. And bison, that's just like, compared to a cow that just doesn't have any fat right like 
Um, I think it's a lot. It's it. a lot leaner, but yeah, for sure. Okay. So what do you guys look for when you're looking for a cut of meat? I mean, you're talking about looking at meat. You know, like what are you checking for? So, uh, you know, to me, chicken's kind of chicken, and I don't really get too excited or you know worry about picking out the right you know chicken or chicken breast or chicken thigh. Um, but really where I pay attention is, uh, when it comes to beef and, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to tell on a brisket. If you're looking at steak, you know, they're sliced or sitting in behind the counter or on the shelf or something. And I'm just looking for the marbling and it's, I, maybe I'm just getting picky. Maybe I'm making stuff up because I'm bored and I just, I think I know more about meat than what I really do. I don't know what the case is, but there's definitely times where I walk into the store and I'm like, how are they selling this as prime? And I'm looking at this steak and it's like, man, there's the marbling on this thing sucks. You know, I wouldn't pay six ninety nine for this thing. Um, but I've also, I've also walked into the store and I've seen a steak and I'm just like, that's the one right there. That's the one mm-hmm. I want. And you know, the, the marble, you, the marbling with the fat running through it is, you know, you don't have these giant fat veins running through the meat. You know, it's, it's really small and thin, but it's, pretty even and uh yeah that's that gets me excited when i'm looking at steaks and i see something like that from a brisket standpoint you know you're not going to slice the thing open and they're not sliced open there at the store so you know i'm i'm looking at uh or actually it's really more of a touch thing i'm looking to see you know how pliable it is is it bending completely in half or is it just stiff as a board and uh so which is better so i Think pliable like anything probably uh everything's good in moderation okay. so uh i i i feel like uh you can have something that is too soft uh and i've i've actually read this i've got no way of proving it but i've i've heard before that the briskets that just fold in half that's indicative that they may have been frozen before okay um but the other thing i'm really looking at hard too on briskets is whether it's a, a full packer that's hasn't had anything cut off of it or it's already come pre-trimmed is I'm looking at the thickness on my flat. And sometimes you go and look at briskets and, uh, you know, your flat at the one end is like maybe a little over a quarter inch. And those are the ones that you see go on sale for a buck 99 a pound. <laughs> and then sometimes you see the ones and all the way at the, end at the thinnest spot on the flat you know that thing's three quarters to an inch maybe even thicker and it's like okay that's that's a good brisket and that's important because it just helps keep an even cook all the way through you know if you've got a a super thin flat on the one end and your point is you know three four five inches thick on the other well by the time that that thick part's done your flat's going to be burnt to a crisp it's going to be like a beef chip yep that, see, that's perfect for me because my wife likes the charcoal crap, and okay. I, I just like it raw. You know, it's enough to kill the germs inside, and we're good to go. Yeah. I think the the thing I look at, talking about, you know, upper skater, packer cut, and you're getting, the, you know, the full piece. And I think learning to trim and knowing what to trim is super important, too. And I think – and I'm not an expert. I've A lot of my experiences just come from watching YouTube videos and, and how to trim a brisket specifically – 
um, looking for, you know, cutting out that decal fat or what you need to do to make sure that there's the fat that's not going to render down is making sure you're cutting that out. And um, same thing with even a steak, right? Like cutting out that fat that's not going to get soft or, or provide any flavor. It's just going to be uh, a hard piece of, of fat. And so um, I think that's something I learned too, specifically looking at cuts. Like what, you know, can I trim this off? What's going to be the best, best, you know, how can I cut this the best? Is it something I'm going to be able to cut out without sacrificing the rest of the meat? And I yeah. think one thing too is, and maybe this is just my own my own problem, but making sure you're getting a thick enough cut, right? I think a lot of times, especially when you go to the grocery store, you can get really thin, thinly cut steaks or, well, I'll use steaks as an example, making sure that the cut is thick enough that you're not going to, it's not going to turn to leather by the time it's, it's cooked. And so... Um, and then, I mean, he made the point, like just making sure it's marble. That's not going to be, you know, completely, um, you know, you're going to get some flavor and some fat and some juiciness out of, out of something. So making sure that that fat content's there too. So, so like going back to the wood section, when you go to a home Depot or a Lowe's now, and you're trying to buy poplar or maple or oak or something, all that wood has started getting jacked up in the past 10 years. You're getting, you know, you're you're picking for the least twisted up piece of wood. Have beef cuts sort of gone the same way within the past 10 years? I mean, are we in a downward spiral of, like, finding good meat? Uh you know, I, I haven't even been in a position where I've been shopping for myself for 10 years. So okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you take a shot at that one first. Um, I, I don't think I'm looking from a barbecue <laughs> perspective, but like, I don't think so. I think the reality, I think you were talking about having different, you know, Snake River Farms available here or at a Macy's, right? And like, I think the availability, I think it's the reverse. I, mean, I think there's been more. Uh, proliferation sounds like the wrong word, but like there is more variety and there's more um, people are aware more of like what Wagyu is, right? Like I would have never known what that was until four or five years ago. And, and knowing the difference between a Japanese Wagyu and an American Wagyu and even what snake river farms is right. Like, I mean, good for them for branding and, and marketing. Right. But like, I think, so to answer your question, I think it's actually gotten better. And I think that people are being more responsible in the way they raise animals and, they're looking at more stuff like that. And so um, you can go to Walmart and get a prestige cut of beef, but what does that really mean? So, um, but I think, you know, having, I think there's more options available to people now than there were 10 years ago. So Okay. Now, like for grass-fed beef over corn-fed beef, do you guys notice a difference? I, I couldn't say. I, I've never had them side by side, so, I, yeah, I, okay. I can't say that. I can't speak intelligently to that. I can't either, but I mean, well, I haven't had enough experience, but I, I mean, to me, beef's beef. And I mean, I'm not looking at what they ate. I'm looking at, again, what the meat looks like, what the okay. cut's like. Um, well, I know grass-fed beef's like a big fad or whatever, you know, like everybody's looking for grass-fed beef, but you guys are basically saying the cut of the meat. The, the best thing about barbecue is it's, preference right so if you want grass-fed beef <laughs> then go get grass-fed beef and i'll i'll have whatever i can get that looks good and if it's 12 bucks a pound or if it's two 2.99 a pound you know I'll, I'll take it so um i think it just is i think it's that's the best thing about 
any cooking and any specifically barbecue like there could be a guy that specializes in barbecue and gator and we could barbecue we could specialize in brisket and we could all sit down and eat together and share what we've got i think that's the best part about it so so with you guys like in the barbecue community i mean where are the where are the hot spots obviously like new orleans texas i heard kansas was like a big barbecue scene up there do you guys like experiment with the different styles you ever cook any cajun barbecue what excites you about i've i've never consciously <clears throat> tried to mimic uh, a certain region i will i'll say when i was doing competition in texas i actually was saucing my pork my shredded pork with uh, a sauce that i put vinegar in which is a very north carolina mm-hmm. uh even kentucky type barbecue and uh i would have to imagine cooking in texas i was probably one of the few that was doing that okay. but i i did pretty well i was pretty successful with using uh it, i it would be unfair to say that it was vinegar based but there was you could definitely taste the vinegar in it okay i'm i guess if anything i'm more of a I guess more of a Texas style. I haven't had a lot of Texas barbecue in Texas, but I've, you know, I've overly traveled, but I've been to Kansas City. I've been to North Carolina. You know, I think it's, I think, again, this is the great part about cooking and barbecue. Like, North Carolina is pork heavy, and, and to hear the reason why pork heavy, just because it was the cheapest thing for them to cook, and they could cook a whole hog, literally split a hog, lay it down on a, you know, over a, over hot coals about the size of this table and just spin it for hours and hours and then literally eat it out of the pig. Yeah. And so, um, but it's cause it was the cheapest thing to do. And that's, that's how that came along. And now it's kind of picked up and there's, there's been, you know, people that, that gravitate towards that. And, and from a Memphis, Tennessee, you know, they have their own Kansas city has their own, Texas has their own. So, I mean, but that's because it's been like part of the story of, you know, because barbecue for the most part was what poor people ate. I mean, yeah. there's because it was you, all you had to do was have a fire and an animal. Well, even lobster was what poor people ate at one point <laughs> in time, which Good is point. crazy. <laughs> but but it was easy, like you could have a whole hog and it would feed a lot of people, and a cow's going to feed a lot of people for a long time, and so, um, and it was just easy to cook, and and you could you could take care of a lot of people with it. So, um, I mean, I, I would say I'm, I'm not into the vinegar based stuff. I love it. I'll, I'll put it, if I can get a good sauce and I can put it on some pork, I'm all about it. So, um, but I'm probably more, I would say Texas style, but I think it, it, you know, it can be Utah style now too. So who, you know, (laughs) we don't have a style, but I think, um, I've never cooked Cajun style but i'm i'm pretty i'm pretty basic i don't i'm not adding a lot of flavor to it you were talking about cooking the pulled pork right and i love pulled pork like the uh buffalo wild wings caribbean jerk pulled pork sandwich okay what are you doing to those pulled pork sandwiches i'm i think that's the best part for sauces and stuff on pulled pork you can add whatever you want on your own if it's if it's vinegar based and if you're putting it on a bun if you're you know eating it the way you want it i think that's kind of like i'm cooking it with Probably a, a sweeter Dr. Pepper apple juice glaze on the outside, low and slow, you know, letting it rest. And then hopefully, 
being able to squeeze that thing and just have it melt in your hand. So, what is the Dr Pepper apple juice base like? What are you mixing in there with that? I'm li- nothing. I've never I'm heard. I'm literally Dr. putting Pepper. it in a spray bottle and maybe a little bit of water to thin it out, and just spraying it on uh, every every hour, every forty five minutes, something like that. Is that like a family recipe? Where'd you hear about this Dr Pepper spray? I. I honestly don't remember i think it's it's literally it could be anything with sugar right because that sugar is going to crystallize and caramelize on the outside of it so apple juice has got sugar in it um i mean so that's just easy i hear cherry cola a lot cherry coke you can put on just because it has a little bit more sweetness so um there's lots of but i do dr pepper or apple juice okay yeah no i gotta try that uh sounds pretty good that's the problem with doing the uh, food podcast <laughs> is by the time you're done, you're like starving. Yeah. Yeah, man. I don't, I don't see you taking notes over there. <laughs> <laughs> I got I got the notes right here. You're going to go computer. back and listen to it. Yeah. Yeah. I got to listen to it anyway. But uh, so what would you guys say for somebody starting out in barbecue? Like how, how do you go about getting into that? You just buy a little charcoal grill. I didn't hear either. You talking about propane. Is that? Kind so, of the enemy there. So I, no, not at all. I've got a propane grill. Uh, if I'm doing chicken breasts, if I'm if I'm cooking steaks, it's going on that propane grill. Mm-hmm. Okay, because um, Hank Hill's going to be on the thumbnail of this. Uh. <laughs> 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 I, well, you know, I'm rewatching all the King of the Hill episodes best show too ever right made. Um, but yeah, no, I, I I do a lot of cooking on propane. Um, but as far as if you're wanting to start out smoking uh i i think there's a lot of allure to looking at a pellet smoker there's you know there's a lot of convenience to it it maybe it's a little easier depending on where you are it might be a little easier to get your hands on pellets instead of trying to go find a a source for whatever kind of wood you're looking for um and then probably doing that and again maybe i'm making it too simple or sound too simple because i've never cooked on one but if you're doing a a pellet smoker you know you you can probably focus on your meat a little bit more and you're not gonna get distracted by i gotta throw another log on i gotta choke this thing off i gotta open it up and get more airflow yeah i've I've never cooked on a pellet smoker so i don't know that's just the connotation that's in my mind is that that thing kind of runs itself and you can focus on your meat but you know there's a Little Smokey's got, you know, a little drum, you know, kettle type smoker that you throw some charcoal in, you get some wood chunks and throw it in there and you can pick those things up really cheap. And I've had some good food come off those things too. So I, I guess my real advice would be having said all that is, uh, you don't need to go buy a a $10,000 pit to get started. (laughs) Uh, the first pit I ever owned my buddy was going to throw it away. Some guy left it at the house he was moving into. So he was going to chuck it in the dumpster. And I was like, no, I'll I'll take that thing. And that's, that's the pit that I had at my house for three, four years while I was getting started until, uh, I eventually bought a new one. Um, but yeah, don't, don't think that you got to go buy a, a five or $10,000 pit, or if you're, you know, watching the food network or history channel, some of the shows they got on there, those guys have got custom pits that, you know, probably cost 50,000, $60,000. You don't need something like that to cook like they do. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can do just as good on something you spend a hundred, $150 on. 
I second that wholeheartedly. I think even even spending five or six hundred dollars on a Traeger, you don't need to do that, right? Like you can buy an offset smoker and learn how to keep a fire going and and learn how to smoke that way. I think you know um, Franklin Barbecue down in in Austin. He he has a great story. Like he just started someone same similar story. Someone just gave him an offset smoker and he just started smoking stuff in his backyard. Now he's got this you know big barbecue shop in Austin and, and, um, but I, I would second that. I think, you know, do what, and as far as what you want to cook, like do, do what you like. Like if you like ribs, do ribs. If you like chicken, do chicken. Um, and you don't have to have even a $700 Traeger, do it on a, you know, 199 or, or $99 smoker. You can get it at Home Depot or Smith's or something like that. So you, you know, you can learn that way. I think a Traeger is definitely more convenient um, it's easy to use. Like you said, you can literally fill your hopper up. And if I can go, I can cook a brisket on a full hopper and I don't have to touch it once. Right. Like if I want to wrap it, if I need, if I need to wrap it, I can do it. But like, I could just leave it in there for however long I need to, and don't have to touch it once. I don't have to touch my wood. I don't have to do anything. Right. Which is a complete different than someone has an offset smoker, but that's part of it too. Right. Like you could sit around and shoot the shit with your, your buddies and spend time and build relationships, which I think is a huge part of the barbecue community as well too, right? Like mm-hmm. you could, that's, you're sitting around talking and you guys are throwing wood in and in, in and, and making sure the temperature up or the smoke's there. And I think that, you know, there's, there's ton of value to doing that too. So, um, but whatever works, I think a 95, 95, excuse me, nine to five dad who, or, or, or mom, not want to exclude women from this, um, who wants to, to smoke some, some ribs or a brisket, a trigger's a great option. If you want to, do it another way. You want to have a little more authentic experience. Get an, get a small offset smoker. Okay. So. And then where where would you go to learn to actually cook on that grill? You guys just YouTube. You know any anything in particular they can go and YouTube. There's there are so many <coughs> videos on YouTube. Um, we already mentioned uh, Franklin Barbecue once. Franklin Barbecue's got a whole series on how to do different things from trimming a brisket to I think he did a whole episode on just how to tend a fire and keep yep. a good fire okay. and an offset smoker. Yep. So, I mean, it, it, there's, there's hours and hours and hours of material just on YouTube from very well-known, whether it is from a competition or from running a barbecue restaurant, a lot of knowledge on YouTube that you can sit there and go, to, go watch for free on, you know, your free time, watch mm-hmm. it as, as you got the smoker going, you know, watch it the day before or the week leading up to the weekend where you're going to be cooking something. I mean, there, the yeah, there's just so much good info out there. Uh, circling back to your last question, though, about beginners, the other thing that I wanted to add in there is I would highly recommend anybody starting out to get a temperature probe where you can go and take your internal temperature and what's a good quality one like so actually uh thermoworks i think's based at a what just south of here they got a big shop just south of salt lake um they they make the thermopen they make the thermopop as well i believe they've got a couple so you can run the gamut from a, a 20 dollar to a 120 dollar digital probe that will give you an accurate reading and either instantly or within two or three seconds and that is 
so valuable. I've always, when I was started grilling before I started smoking, I did everything based off of just sight and time. Um, and there's there's a lot of traditionalists that still barbecue based off of time. But if you're wanting to drive consistency and not have to worry about you're undercooking something, that probe is worth its weight in gold, in my opinion. So, like, I got a $3 one from Winco or Walmart or something that you're saying, like, $20 is a good place to start for a... I've, I've never really sourced or really shopped them too hard. I just know that Thermaworks, they've got a... That's one brand that I'm familiar with that, that puts out a good product. Uh, I think at one time I was in a pinch, and I had actually put one put mine through the washer and i ran down to the store because i realized that i didn't have one that worked and i think i <laughs> yeah i think i was in the same boat i cooked with one that was i probably spent five bucks on and it did fine it just uh i was so used to getting that instant reading you know in a tenth of a second and now i gotta wait you know 10 seconds for it to level out and apparently at the time that just killed me because i had to go buy a, <laughs> a new thermoworks <laughs> thermopen but yeah, saying it out loud, I, it sounds kind of silly, but yeah, no, it'll do the job. <laughs> that's fantastic advice. I agree. Um, and if it's not even like a probe that sits outside of your grill, like have a meat thermo- have a thermometer of some sort, right? Like so you know the, the, the whole point consistency, right? Because you could be cooking a brisket, but every brisket's different. Every chicken's different. Every so absolutely a meat th- a meat thermometer or a probe if you can have one that. You probe like on my Traeger. I've got a a port almost. It's it's got a, you know some rubber flanges, and you can pull it through, so you're not losing a lot of temperature and smoke out of that. You pull that through, and it sits on outside. The new Traegers have them built in. Like I was saying, you could check your check your temperature on their app. But there's also other like he was saying. There's other um, probes, and and they have a wireless function to it too, so you could check it on your phone. Um, so is that considered cheating? Like if Absolutely you went to not. a uh, a tournament or like a competition, can you use something that you're powering on? It's all yeah. remote by your uh, phone. The ones I've cooked in, yeah, it's it's allowed. Um, okay, I don't, I can't speak to all the competitions out there. There's all sorts of different crazy things going on, but I would imagine it, that's like a big advantage. It yeah, it definitely is. But I mean, it's so prominent, everybody's using them. Yeah, you know, if you're if you're on the you know bass circuit or something and there's a bait that's you're catching fish on you better believe that everyone's using that same damn bait so. yeah but that kind of <laughs> seems like you know you got somebody using bait and then you got somebody throwing dynamite in the yeah. water and catching the fish to float up to but, the top yeah I, i'll even i'll one up you on that too not only do they have uh probes that look at your temperature but you got there's there is there has been uh, probes out there you say hey i want my pit to run at this temp even as an offset smoker and then you've got a fan that's associated with that so if your temp starts to uh, die on you that fan's going to kick on and uh, increase your airflow and get that temperature back up to well that's that's what yeah. i was thinking there's got to be some sort of purist out there that thinks that might be a little bit you know cheating and, I, and i'm sure there is and i good on them Right. Like you, you know, because it is an art, right? It absolutely is an art. And I, and I think that that's, you know, I'm sure I I know there's, 
someone in Texas who's cooking great brisket or North Carolina's cooking great hog and they just know, right? They can see it. They can smell it. You know, they know that they put it on at four in the morning and it's now, you know, two in the afternoon and that needs to come off. Right. So, um, for me, and I would say for, I don't know, I'm not, I'll generalize, but I think for most people, I think it's super helpful to be consistent. So you're not serving overcooked meat too. I think is you said undercooked. I think overcooked happens a lot more than I like to admit. And so, um, making sure that I'm not overcooking something and, and making sure that it isn't drying out. And so, um, and that's a great piece of advice, making sure you have a, for a beginner, having a, a meat thermometer or, or a probe that you can, you can have, you can check instantly for sure. But do you think that the like the app software for these barbecue grills is kind of like you're losing an art? Does that? I mean, neither of you guys have the app, right? Yeah, I don't. I don't have the app. I don't have a fan or anything set up in my pit. Um, like, would you want your children to learn how to cook? <laughs> I don't think for I, real. Or I just, don't think I'd lose any sleep if they if they were <laughs> using something like that. The, you know, at the end of the day, if that's the worst thing they're doing, then I feel like I probably would have done a pretty good job. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I you know if if uh, money was no object and I was buying all sorts of toys and I wanted to go you know drop a couple hundred bucks on this really nice you know temp probe and fan that's associated with it you know i I, i'd go do it i just don't really feel like uh the way i cook at least it's really that big of advantage you know the the pit i have it's it's good quality so if i walk away from it from an for an hour and pay no mind to it and i come back you know i i may have moved 10 15 degrees in one direction or the other so uh, and very, very rarely would I ever walk away from it for more than an hour. So to me, it's just, you know, it's not life changing money, but it's just money that I don't need to spend on an accessory and something else I got to set up at, you know, three, four in the morning when I'm trying to fire this thing up. But you, there's no like, uh, romanticism to the, to the fact that you're like, it's, you are doing an art yeah. basically like you, now you're just basically throwing something in the microwave and <laughs> I, I taking it out when it's done i i think uh romanticism is probably a, a little too advanced <laughs> too, too harsh of a word but uh if my buddy's using one yeah i think i'm probably gonna razz him a little bit for it but okay yeah so the truth comes out <laughs> what about you you don't uh again i think it's more I mean, it's convenient. For it, it's sure. convenient, but I can. I think it's about experience. The experience, right? Like, what are you doing with what you're cooking, right? Like, are you are you cooking for a competition? Or are you cooking for your families or your buddies? Like, my buddies aren't going to care if I use a th- probe and a th- yeah. you know, thermometer to cook. But Thanksgiving. I don't think I'm lo- losing <clears throat> the art, so to speak. I think you know I've gained a better appreciation for the art as the more I've cooked and more I've learned about barbecue and spent time like understanding the origins of it. And so, um, so I, I don't think that you, you, I haven't, I don't think I'm losing an art, but I don't think I'm an artist when it comes to barbecue. Anyways, I think, you know, I, I, I mimicked, I haven't created anything of my own. And, and, um, again, I, I think it's like, what are you, what's your purpose of it? Right? Like, Again, barbecue back in back in the day was to try to feed as many people for as cheap as possible, and I think um, 
you know, I do it out of a labor of love for, for the people in my life. And I think that, you know, if, if I use a probe for that or if I use an app to that, um, then, then so be it. But yeah, um, for competition wise though, what do you think that's like, that's like half of the, uh, people entering using steroids and the other half not allowed to, right? Well, we'll see who wins, right? Like yeah. if, it's, <laughs> if, it's, if it's good barbecue, everybody wins, right? So, oh uh, yeah, the judges definitely win. They got to <laughs> so. eat all that barbecue. So uh, before we get out of here, where is your guys' favorite place to eat here in northern Utah, barbecue-wise? Uh, <laughs> uh, I I have not tried a barbecue place since I moved here over a year ago. Okay. Oh. I, yeah. I You're going to have to fill us in. <laughs> there's a lot. I mean, frankly, I, th- I think there's a lot of Even R&R is a great place to start. I mean, they're more of... I want to say they're a chain, but like they've got a handful of stores here locally. But they're pretty authentic. I mean, they're cooked. They've got they're smoking in the morning. They're they're going. They're doing that all day. I think Pat's is a good place to start. Um, they're you know that place is pretty authentic. Um, I'll, I'll name those two. Like R and R. Like if you just want to go get something quick, and they're open pretty much all the time. Where Pat's is pretty much open mostly in the middle of the day before they run out of burn ins or whatever through the day. It's like that, that's pr- more authentic than R and R, but R&R is great. So if you would just want to go grab something real quick, go, on R, go to R&R. If you want, you know, go to Pat's for lunch, great place to start. Okay. Yeah, you know, I guess I got to reel, reel myself back a little bit. I have tried. I don't know if it was R&R or if it was Goodwood, but one of the two I tried, and I obviously forgot about it. So that, that means that it probably wasn't great, but uh, it wasn't terrible either. So Goodwood's, they're more of like a sit-down, like, restaurant style. But, okay. um Patch, you can walk up and grab something, and and R and R is more of a, you know, fast casual kind of barbecue. But it's good. I mean, they're they're local, but they they're pretty. I think they're pretty legit. They actually have really good wings. So if you want okay. some good smoked wings, go go there and you can get them. They're really good. Yeah, that's that's one thing. The more I got into it, the less of an appetite I had to go pay for barbecue. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and there are some restaurants that I've gone to that have done barbecue, and I was I was kind of blown away. I was like, man, I I would go back and I would spend money there again. Um, that was really good. And then I've I've also had barbecue where I was like, I'm I don't know how these people stay in business. <laughs> so uh, and. Even even in Texas, there was a, a couple places that were in town where I worked that you you ate the barbecue and it was bland and there was no flavor and man, it, I was just like, how the heck are these people staying in business? But they did. Either you guys have, uh, I mean, you've already done the tournament scene. Is that something that you're looking into? Nothing I'm looking into. I wouldn't be opposed to it either, though. Like it'd be that'd be great, you know. And I think oh, there's the two of you guys. Yeah, well, the halfway to better, a team. There's a lot better barbecues than than me. So, but I'm I'm open to it. I'd I'd love it. So, if there's ever an opportunity somewhere along the way, I'm I'm down. You, all the guests you got coming on the show, man. You need to do a 2021 year in review and bring all the guests back and tell them to bring their pits and put your money where your mouth is. Yeah. It, and it, you know, it doesn't have to be a big, you know, competition. I, I've done a lot of stuff like that with just my friends. Hey, everybody come over and bring a rack of ribs and we'll get some people who aren't cooking and tell us who they think's best. And I'd love to taste it all. Yeah. I so mean, I'll be there for that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, I'm, it, there doesn't have to be a, a pot or anything. I just like, I, 
I think you said it best, you know, it's just uh, kind of a brotherhood or a family style thing. You know, you're, you're building relationships, you're spending all day, you know, around a pit, you tending to the meat, you know, tending to the fire or hopper or, you know, whatever the case may be. And, you know, just enjoying each other's company. And that was uh, one thing that I really enjoyed about the team I cooked on is that everybody was very open about what they were doing. There were no secrets even amongst the team. So, uh, yeah, we learned we were all pretty young, hadn't been doing it for too long, but we learned a lot from each other because everybody was willing to share. So, yeah, to me that'd be as fun as anything else is just getting together with a, a group of folks that – like cooking and you know i'll i'll show you what i do and show me what you do and i may not like what you're doing so i'm never going to do it again (laughs) but i'll at least be polite while you're explaining it to me and you know maybe vice versa so yeah no that that would be a a good time it all comes down to taste i guess absolutely my wife and i are totally separate on that (laughs) but uh so uh before we get out of here what do you guys think this year brings a lot of people were saying, you know, 2020's over, 2021's <laughs> going to be better. You I, guys buying into that? I, I forget. I I don't know how many times that I've said it's still 2020. And not out of a joke, I just didn't realize that the year was over. So. <laughs> uh, no, I, I mean, I think we are definitely positioned to to get back into a better spot, more into more of a what we would have considered normal um you know regardless of your thoughts and opinions on it from a, a vaccine standpoint and i think there's there's definitely people are just getting tired so you know whatever we got to do to get back to life the way we knew it you know ignoring the problem probably isn't an option i, I think most people have have recognized that so yeah i think you know we're all starting to pull in the the same direction or at least attempting to pull in the same direction or most people are pulling the same direction. I, I think we, I think 2021 is going to be a good year. Um, I, I wouldn't disagree. I, I agree. I think, I think the biggest change will be, I think there's a new normal, right? We talk about going back to normal. I don't think we go yeah. back <laughs> to that. No. Um, you think I, the masks are staying around? I think masks are staying around. I think okay. they're staying around for a long time. I yeah. think, um, I think just going back to my industry and where I work, what I do, I think there's going to be a huge, I think there's going to be a big shift. I don't want to say huge. I think there's going to be a shift in the way people work, how people, we've, we've seen it work, people working from home, a lot more flexibility. Um, you know, I think that'll be, again, that's going to be the new normal, right? That, that'll be the, the, the norm. Um, so I think, you know, I've tried to look at it, you know, I'm not going to be able to go back to a place where, you know, everyone's in the office or, um, you know, we do have to ask people like, you know, we, we are wearing masks and like, you know, but I think that that's, that's, you know, but we can go back and we can go, we can still do the things that we love to do. We don't have to stay away from the people that we love. We don't have to, you know, not shop at the places we like to shop. And so I think now is kind of where we're at. Like we're going to be wearing masks to go to the store. We're going to be wearing masks, you know, but I think that's not, it's, it's different for our culture, but I think if you look worldwide, it's not necessarily abnormal in Asia, right? They wear masks all the time. And so... Um, Do you like it better? Like just with I the work flexibility and everything? I like the work flexibility for sure. I think most people do. Um, 
I think, frankly, we've seen that businesses have responded pretty well. If you look from a, uh, you know, from a stock index perspective, from business, like, you know, Fortune 500, S&P 500, stuff like that, businesses did really well last year, actually. They had a big dip in March and April, but they rallied the rest of the year. And I think you're going to see that continue through the rest of the year. So um, I think businesses have actually weathered the storm pretty well. I think it just has affected people on a micro level at, you know, people dying and, and being impacted. So, and um, thank God we're not there. <laughs> um, well, okay. Yeah. Thank you guys for coming on, man. That was a good episode. And, uh, we got to get you guys some penguin penguins to okay. barbecue here. <laughs> yeah. We'll pass on that. <laughs> you guys have any troubles. <laughs> have a good night. Thank you for listening. Thank